Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. We're rounding up our series on each one rich one. We've been talking about reaching people with the gospel. And we talked about God's heart for people who are lost. We talked about the message of the gospel. We talked about the impact of the gospel. We talked about reaching the hearts of our children with the gospel. Today we want to wrap it up by talking to you about sharing the gospel. We want to equip you with some basic tools that you can use as you reach people with the gospel. We also want to talk to you about some ways that give you an opportunity to share the gospel. Now it's widely noted that one of the greatest areas that Christians falter in and where they're quite afraid is in sharing the gospel, in sharing their faith. But we know that Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 to 20, in what is known as the Great Commission, Jesus is rising up in the clouds and is returning to his Father and he leaves this commandment. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus asked us to go and make disciples of all nations. Well, how do you make disciples? Of our families, of our, of our workmates, of our schoolmates. How do we make disciples? It's by preaching the message of the gospel that convicts people in their hearts and they turn away from sin, surrender their lives fully to Jesus and begin to follow him as their master. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel. Apostle Paul, who gave his life to passionately preaching the gospel, re-echoed a similar thought with this appeal in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the gospel is good news. It's the good news that Jesus died for us. And after three days, he rose from the grave. He can save us of our sin. Yes, sin must be punished. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That is the good news that we carry and we must preach it. We have been sent out by Jesus so that people can hear the message of the gospel and give their lives to Jesus. And so as we conclude our series on each one rich one, I want to talk to you about four ways we can preach the gospel. Four quick tools. Number one, you can share the gospel by invitation. Our total church, we call this each one, rich one. In other words, every single one of us needs to make a habit of inviting people to places and spaces where they're going to hear the preaching of the gospel. And when they hear the preaching of the gospel, they're pierced in their hearts. 
Their eyes are open to see the love of God and their need for a savior. Something supernatural happens in their heart. And when a call is made for people to give their hearts to Jesus, they have the opportunity to respond. Every single one of us needs to make a habit of bringing someone to a place where they're going to hear the preaching of the gospel. In John chapter 1, verse 43 to 49, we see Philip inviting Nathanael to Jesus. The Bible says the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked, Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Wow. And that's all that Philip had to do was simply invite Nathanael. Come and see. And that needs to be you and I every day making invitations to people who are far from God so they can come to a place where they can hear the preaching of the gospel. You need to be inviting someone to your cell family every week. You need to be inviting someone to church every week. Because when they hear the preaching of the gospel, God is going to begin to do a work in their hearts. And look out, their life will not be the same again. Give people an opportunity to hear the gospel by inviting them to church. A couple of weeks ago, I invited a cousin of mine called Chris. I invited him to come to church. In fact, he sat in the front with us. He enjoyed the services so much, he attended two services. He enjoyed the worship. Well, Chris has not yet given his life to Jesus, but God has begun to do something in Chris's heart. I want to encourage you at Total Church. Will you make a habit of inviting people? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Secondly, you can share the gospel by paying attention to what people are going through. You know, we're each surrounded by people who are going through difficult situations. And God allows these people to come our way so that we can encourage them to put their faith in Jesus to meet their physical need. But more than that, to take it to the next level, to put their faith in Jesus to meet their greatest need, the need of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Because he's not only the God that will meet us at our point of need, he's the God that will deal with our greatest need. Man's greatest need is not just for another degree, not for another job or for more finances. Man's greatest need is for salvation through Jesus Christ. And so when people come to us with issues, God has presented an opportunity for us to point people to Jesus who meets physical needs, but more than that, who saves them from their sin. In John chapter 4, 
Jesus makes a detour and he goes to Samaria. He meets a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. And they begin a conversation. Jesus directs that conversation to what her needs were. She wanted water. He said, the water that I give when you drink of it, you will never thirst again. She said, will you give me that water? So that I don't have to come back here and draw water. She hadn't understood what he was talking about. So he says, you know what, for you to get that water, go and bring your husband. She says, well, I don't have a husband. He says, you're, you're true. Because you've had many and the one you're with right now is not your husband. And she recognizes him she, as a prophet. She says, you must be a prophet. And then she begins to change the topic and she begins to talk about worship worshiping on this mountain and ancestors did this and that and jesus engages with her he says you know what a time is coming and those who worship the father will worship him in spirit and in truth and she wants to round off the conversation i think it was getting a bit uncomfortable she says well i know the messiah is coming and he'll tell us all things and he says the one you're talking to is the messiah she says what she goes to the town and she begins to tell others about it. She says, come and see, he's told me everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? And when she did that in John chapter 4 verse 39 to 42, the Bible tells us many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them for two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they say to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. You see, Jesus simply paid attention to what she was going through. Today we live distracted lives we live selfish lives we only think about me myself and i if we want to preach the gospel we've got to be people who are concerned we've got to be people who are interested not interesting we've got to pay attention to what people are going through because not only Will you point them to the one who can meet their physical need? You will point them to the one who meets their greatest need. Jesus, the Savior of the world. I had a friend of mine who at university together. One day he walks into my room. He looked beaten. He was crying. For a couple of weeks I'd noticed that his life had changed was really dressing well. He had really fancy haircuts. He looked happy. I learned that he had found an internship with his aunt's company. And they were paying him quite well for that internship. But he got greedy and he began to steal the money. In fact, they stole money in the hundreds of millions and were misusing it. And now he'd been caught, he'd been found out. 
So he came to my room. I was in Mitchell Hall at Macquarie University, E36. He came to my room. <laughs> he was crying. And asked him what was going on. He began to tell me about what had happened. And yes, we did talk about why we shouldn't be greedy and how money cannot solve all of our issues. We talked about that extensively. In fact, we talked for about four hours. But then I directed that conversation. Said, you know what, Ken, what you really, really need is not money. What you need is Jesus. Only Jesus can satisfy. We got down together in E36 Mitchell Hall, Macquarie University. He gave his life to Jesus on that day. He's still living for Christ today. He managed to pay back that money because he had to go to another country to work for about 10 years to clear that money. But his life has never been the same again. Why? Paying attention to what people are going through. Thirdly, we can preach the gospel through our hospitality. You know, hospitality allows us to invite people into non-threatening, relaxed environments. Around a cup of tea, around a cup of coffee, around a meal, walls are broken and hearts are opened. And suddenly we can begin to have conversations about what really matters in life. Through our hospitality, God brings people into a space where you now have the opportunity to direct the conversation and talk to them about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus went to the house of Matthew. The Bible tells us Matthew 9, 9 to 13, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew opened his doors to Jesus and in fact brought his friends to listen to Jesus and what Jesus had to say. And I'm sure they must have laughed and joked about a number of things and the things going on in the city and the life of tax collectors and, and people who are far from God. They must have laughed and talked, but then Jesus had the opportunity to present the fact that he didn't come for the righteous, but for sinners. Something similar happens in Luke chapter 19 at the house of Zacchaeus. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today. For I came to seek and save that which was lost. When you open your space, God gives you the opportunity to now host someone 
and engage them when it comes to how their life is before Jesus. And oh, pastor, I only have one chair. In fact, I don't have chairs, pastor. I only have one room. Grow up. It's not about the paint in your house. It's about their need for a savior. And around that cup of water, around that cup of tea and of coffee, around that watermelon or pineapple, or the chicken that is really roasted and tastes really nice. Conversations that take people from darkness to light, from death to life can happen. Every Christmas, we go to my mom's place up country and we really eat. It's always a blast. I mean, we start at my aunt's house for lunch. Then they come to our place for dinner. And then the last cup of tea that is about 1.30 in the morning is at my aunt's house and probably something will happen at our house around 3 in the morning. And then at 4 a.m. people might perhaps go to sleep. It's really nice. And we drink real milk. It really, it's amazing. It, it, milk has never tasted better. It's something else. So we do that every Christmas. So last Christmas, we hosted people at my mom's house. So many cousins of ours came. One of my cousins, Raymond, was seated next to me. He's older than me. We began a conversation about life. We began to talk about a lot of things. But I directed the conversations. He was in my house. So I directed the conversation. And I asked him about Jesus. And we talked about Jesus probably till midnight. Raymond hasn't given his life to Jesus yet. But we've talked after that about four times on the phone. And every time we talk, it has to be about Jesus and he brings up the conversations himself. God is up to something in Raymond's heart. I want to challenge you, Watoto Church. Will you use the opportunity of hosting people to talk to them about Jesus? Or finally, we can share the gospel when we meet a felt need. Our communities all around us have many, many issues. And as Watoto Church, through our cell families, we are wide-eyed. We are on the lookout for community issues. Why? We live in the community. And so we gather with other community members and we say, what are we going to do about these issues? And the issues are vast. Dilapidated schools, broken down medical facilities, rubbish in the community, dirty water sources, discouraged patients in the hospitals. We begin to talk about these issues. We find solutions and find a day. On this day, we're going to gather, we're going to do something. We call it aiming at the pain. Three things happen every time we do that. Through this practical demonstration of the love of Jesus, suddenly people's hearts become curious. What is your motivation? Why do you pay attention to these issues in the community? What's your motivation? Suddenly their hearts are now open to have a conversation. Through those acts of kindness, God gives us goodwill in our community. We have favor with people. Relationships are built. And that practical demonstration of love gives us the unique opportunity to mobilize people. Suddenly we have a voice to speak. 
all three allow us to present the gospel through practically meeting a felt need. You know, on the day of judgment, one of the issues you and I have to answer for is the issue of meeting needs. We won't have the time to read the scripture, but you can go and read Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34 to 40. Jesus talks to them about how they visited him in prison, how they clothed him when he was naked. When he was thirsty, they gave him something to drink. And the people wondered, when did we do those things? And Jesus said, whenever you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. You see, a cup of water in Jesus' name will give you the platform to preach the gospel. That's why you cannot afford to not be engaged with your cell family and community. You have an opportunity to preach the gospel. Two weeks ago, our cell went into the community and we, we met a felt need. In fact, we visited two poor Muslim families, widows, struggling to look after the people in their homes. I, and it was fun. We got to engage in conversation. And I tell you, I had to remember all the Luganda vernacular I had in my brain. And I, it was really difficult to preach the gospel in Luganda to a Muslim. I tell you, what a dynamic. But like the Bible says, open your mouth and I will feel it. Open your mouth and I will feel it. And Jesus gave us the words to say. And we were able to preach the gospel. They didn't give their hearts to Jesus. But they want us to go to their homes again and again. God is up to something. When you meet a felt need, it gives you an opportunity to preach the gospel. Invitation. Paying attention to the needs of people. Hospitality and meeting a felt need gives you the opportunity to share the gospel. In this moment right here, right now, I just want you to take your notebook or take your Bible in what we call the Focus 10 and just write down 10 names of people you want to reach with the gospel. Take a moment right now. Right now. Some of you probably have that card, the Focus 10 card. It might still be empty. Write down. Ten names right now. Just begin to write now. God is going to lay on your heart ten people that are around you. Friends, family, workmates, classmates that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Come on, just begin to write down their names right now. All of them need to hear the gospel. And as you write down their names, I sense that God is just saying, will you go for me? And share the gospel with them. And I believe when they hear the gospel. Like the Bible tells us. That faith. Comes by hearing. And hearing. By the word of God. I've written down those ten names. Here's what I want you to do right now. We'll just close your eyes. Just begin to pray for each of them. Come and just begin to mention them one name at a time. Just begin to pray that when they hear the gospel, that their hearts will be open. That their hearts will be ready to hear the gospel. Come and just begin to pray that they'll give their hearts to Jesus. Pray that whatever walls have been around their hearts will come down. And that their hearts will be tender to receive the mercy and the grace of God. Come and just pray for them. It might be your parent you're praying for. It might be your child, your sibling, your friend, your workmate, that classmate. Come and just begin to pray for them right now. 
pray that Jesus will begin to prepare their hearts for the preaching of the gospel. Ask the Lord to give you opportunities as you set appointments, as you send them a text message and make that appointment that God will prepare their hearts. Just pray for them right now. Lord, we thank you for those names that you have laid on our hearts. Lord, we commit that we will share the gospel with them. I pray that you will ready their hearts. That when they hear the gospel preached so simply through us, may they turn away from sin and turn to faith in Jesus. Give us the boldness to press through the fear, to press through the doubt, to press through the intimidation and preach the gospel. We will not be ashamed of the gospel because it is your power that brings salvation to everyone who believes. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey!